Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Varsity Voice presented by the Bull and Bear. My name is Noah Dau, and we have a wonderful conversation with the lovely Miriam Robitaille, the former captain of the Martley volleyball team, former first team all-Canadian volleyball star, about how Miriam got into volleyball. And then our conversation moved to a conversation about confidence issues between men and women and, and athletes and, you know, what are the things that we can do to combat these things and how do we how do we take times where we're struggling and move past it so hope you guys give it a listen i think you guys are really gonna like it thank you for coming on to my show a good friend of mine really happy that you're here so can you tell me when you first decided that or when you were first introduced to volleyball? Um, I wanted to go to private school, and my sister is two years and a half older than me, and she went first to private school, and she hated it. Mm. So she transferred to, um, and she started to play volleyball there, but very low level, like not good level. And then she transferred to a public school where um, there was a good volleyball program. Mm. And so when I asked my parents uh, to go to private school, they just said, no, your sister didn't like it, so you're not going to like it. So they forced me into that public school so I didn't really decide like I decided to play volleyball but that was more odds than anything else I really wanted to go to private school and At that point, so did you do you think you played volleyball because your sister was doing it and it was kind of like the younger I think I played volleyball because my I didn't have choice but to go to that school oh, and I was tall so they but why not basketball uh, they, there was no basketball oh interesting yeah interesting there so, was only like a good volleyball per- cool um so when did you know you were, like, really good at volleyball? Um, at that school, I was, like, one head taller than everyone else. <laughs> so, so almost immediately? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I was not good. I was not good at all. And then I transferred to Therese Martin um, with um, the player I've played with in Edouard Montpetit mm-hmm. in CJEP. And that was a really good school. We went to Las Vegas, Chicago. We oh, won wow. the first year I was there. Uh, we won the East National Championship, and then finished second the All Canada, like so Canada. Is this so? This is a school team. Yeah. And you guys travel like that. Yeah. So, is that like a summer season kind of thing, or do you do no, that during that the school was, year? That was during the school year. Really? So every weekend we were out. So being part wow. of that team already, that was like a first. Okay, maybe. Yeah. So okay, that's that's interesting. Like. Because because I only know the world of basketball and the world of basketball the, like the school team and the travel team are separate. Like we have AAU and those tournaments happen all summer long from like May to the end of July. Yeah. But that's interesting. You're saying it's like all year round. You're traveling. Yeah, normally you have maybe like a team for club okay. and open for volleyball. So club is with your school and then open. It's normally the level is better. So then it's gonna be like a city team or something like that. But for us, that was the same team for both club and open. So we were traveling just as much. And do you think um, yeah. do you think that is that common across Quebec for teams to go and go down to the U.S. and play in tournaments? Uh, not really, no. Really? So it's only a select few, or is it literally just your like school? three or four team? I think decide maybe like some collegial team decides to go to California and Hawaii. And is the is but the, that's for CJEP. Okay. That's later on. Is the purpose of these trips to like play? Is it just to play a high comp like a high level yeah. competition, or is it also for like college exposure? Like do do college coaches go? And recruit there? You don't no, so? that was really not for that. I think that was like just to go to, to oh, states and yeah, and playing higher level. I'm curious as to why 
volleyball seems to be so popular in Quebec because I'm from here too, but where I grew up, like volleyball wasn't a huge thing. I'm from the West Island. But why do you think Quebec is such like a, um, what's the word, like a hotbed for, for I'm volleyball? I'm not sure it is, to be honest. Really? I no. think it is. Because, well, look at... The look West at, is much bigger. There's so, like, more many players, whatever. You think so? Cause, but, but, but look at, if you look at how competitive the, the RSEQ is compared to the Can West League, it's, it's... Now it's getting better. It's better. For a long time, that was not even a competition for them. So how recent has it been competitive? Depends on the year, like, um, four years ago, Montreal finished third, and then the OUA, they're always at national, but mm-hmm. they rarely pass the quarterfinal, so it's always, like, the West and the OUA mm-hmm. that are in the final four, and even the OUA, not really, but two years, three years ago, Toronto won, and then this year, Ryerson won, mm-hmm. but last time, I'm, like, Quebec team won, I can't, yeah, I guess, years. I guess that's a good point, but from my perspective, like, I always see the top tens for all the teams during oh, the yeah. year, and consistently this year, you, Montreal was, the, was number one, Yeah. you guys were between 10 and 7, I yeah. think, and then Laval snuck in at the end, and they were 10, right? Yeah. So, having three, like, just to compare from, mm-hmm. from basketball, we were the, like, as long as I've been at McGill, it, it, we've been the only team in our conference okay. ever ranked at yeah. one time, so... Like that's why that's why Quebec isn't considered a strong basketball conference, and that's and that's oh, why we get what mean, yeah. that's what happens. Like when we win our conference during the year and we have to go to nationals, we usually get a low seed because they don't think our conference is strong. That's the first year that that Montreal is seated like pretty low, pretty high. Before they were never higher than fourth or third at national. It's just I think it it's really a thing that like Marie-Alex, she was on the national team, one of the best players, so. All the coaches from the West figure probably that the fact that you were on the national team too contributes to your team's ranking. Uh, yeah, maybe. You I don't so? know. You don't think so? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. It's got to factor in. Um, yeah, so she saw her like one of the best players on the national team, so they figured that if Montreal had to win one mm. national championship, that would, it be, would this be this year. year. Yeah. Mm. And how did they how did they finish again? I don't recall. They finished fifth. Fifth. Mm. Yeah. It's tough, man. What seed did they get at the nationals? Second. Ooh. Yeah. So they must. So they must have lost their first game. Yeah, in mm-hmm. five. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. In five? Oh, that's crazy. Those fifth sets, man, they're killer. And they, they were winning two zero. Yeah. Okay. Something that I'm really interested in talking to you about is this book that you read and were enlightened by, the Confidence Code by. Mm-hmm. I have the name here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna name. figure it out. <laughs> uh, it is by uh, Katie K and Claire Shipman. Yeah. So okay. So this book, The Confidence Code, um, is about. It's, it takes a study of young girls and why they tend to be less confident in their own abilities. And these two, these two women, through personal experience and through their research, just discover that it's the way that young girls are raised and how they're not raised to be able to fail or try things. And the way to create these, um, what's it called, amazing, imperfect, totally powerful w- women is to basically give them the opportunities to fail and try things. Mm-hmm. And when we, ta- when we met before, you, you talked to me and you were like, we got to talk about this. Like, this really resonated with me. So why do you think it resonated so much with you? Uh, I think I was seeing myself a lot into that, like, for a while. Um, I was not, like, I knew I was good at volleyball, at what, at what I was doing. But at the same time, when I got picked on the, on the university national team last year, I was like, oh, well, they needed to choose someone from Quebec. So that's politics, right? 
And then this year again, when I was chosen on the first all-star team, I was like, oh, wait, like this girl and this girl were playing before me last year. Like, how come it's not them? They had better stats and still here I am. And I was always like looking like I want to know the answer. So I'm going to talk like to the coach that was on the conference call and stuff like that. So when I was reading the book, they did a lot of scientific research. So they went to see like um, people in neuroscience, um, psychology, like whole bunch of stuff. They went like to see the women NBA players and a lot of things that they discovered just resonated with me. So I was like, oh, okay, like giving myself some excuses for my own success or stuff like that. And I was discovering some patterns that, I mean, I, I'm not the only one that I have this pa- those kind of patterns and no, I'm not, sure. like, I'm feeding into them unconsciously. Yeah. So. Do, you think, um, do you think maybe confidence is an emotion that can be misaligned with women sometimes? Like, like for example... Uh, a, a boss in an office, if a woman is, is powerful and forceful, she can be seen as a bitch sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But That's do you think, point. Yeah, okay. I think, like, it's just to fill this gap. Normally, we're just trying sometimes. I, I'm going to say we're for, like, women in general. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, that's um, why you're here. You're here to speak yeah, for women. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, there was this, like, paternalistic, I don't, I'm not even sure if that's a word. It is. Um, perfect. Paternalistic <laughs> thing. Um that, like, if we want to get to the same level and fill the gap, the confidence gap, or just, like, even wages or position in, in big enterprise, uh, then to be powerful, we need to act like men. So there's a lot of this that um, to reach this high, those high positions, then you need to be a little bossy and stuff like that. But then with this book, they're saying that it's not the case. Yeah. Like, there's other way that normally, generally, like, we are more emotional but also more like um aware of other people's emotions so that can be a big advantage for us um so when like dealing with teams and stuff like that and overseeing a team then that could be a great great thing for us and so they're just talking about like yeah how uh we don't have to have exactly the same behavior as men and still be as successful so when i when i was reading the synopsis like i couldn't help but feel like I, I didn't want to be too critical of it, but I did come away with thinking, like, why does... There's a general assumption throughout the book that women are more affected by issues of confidence than men. Do you think that's true? I only say this because, like, as someone, as an athlete, like, you go through times where you're feeling like you're on the top of the world yeah. and where you can't hit a, you can't hit the side of a barn, right? Like, you can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, a, that's like, a... Univer- I, I mean, to me, it feels like a universal emotion. So I'm just curious if you think, like... If you think this is something that more women struggle with than men necessarily? I think we're just like very sensitive of our environment and just putting ourselves like a lot of time into question. Like this summer when we were at the World University game, literally we were the 12th best player on univers- at uni- universities in Canada. And at the end of the first game when we, when we first lost, our coach asked us, who doubt their capacity? Which one of you like doubt their capacities or are doubting their, their capacity right now? And literally that was 100%. Twelve out of twelve were like, yeah, we're not, we're probably not like good enough to be here, but still, we were all MVPs. Yeah, like, all viewed, all, all viewed like, by like a, yeah. probably selected by a panel of coaches. Yeah, who, like that was the and dream team. Eight out of twelve were also part of the senior team, which mm-hmm. is so weird. That's crazy. So, so that's when you start to be like, okay, something. Yeah, must be up I'm. There. I'm not sure how it is with men because I yeah. mean. 
well, this question was was as not a man. Uh, yeah. No, because go but, ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I've str- I've gone through times where I struggle with confidence. Sometimes I feel like like I'm the best player in this country, but then other times I feel like, man, like so many people should be playing ahead of me. It's I, I think it's something that everybody kind of struggles with, mm-hmm. especially if you have like the emotional intelligence to be aware of everything that's happening, like you were describing. Yeah. I don't. Maybe I th- sometimes I think it's just me. Maybe I just overanalyze <laughs> things sometimes. But maybe uh, you're emotional as well. <laughs> maybe I'm a really emotional. Guy. Who knows? <laughs> but um, no, I was just I was just curious if you if you had any insight as to why you think like she's specifying with girls. I'm just basing myself on a lot of studies that has been made mm-hmm. on women's behavior compared to men's behavior. That like when you raise your hands, sock. If you if you raise your hands, sock. Even. Um, Women all often start with like, "May I please add this?" Or like, or, "Yeah, I just, I just like, wanted to add." Yeah, I just wanted like, to add that. Like, there's always a little can disclaimer. I, I, yeah, I have another point. Maybe can I speak it out and stuff like that? This one is one. Another one is with um, way, wages raise. There was another study on like why women don't get like higher position or stuff like that, and most of the time it's because we don't ask. Oh, and there was another one very interesting where, where um, to apply for a position. Like when you have, let's say, 10 criteria, um, a man would apply when he think he's 60% qualified, and a woman would apply when she thinks that she's 100% qualified. If it's less than that, she would, she, she's not going to apply. She's not even going to give it a try because she's scared of, of failing. So like we just step back and maybe like we're like trying to get really perfect, which perfect like perfectionism just kill confidence. Because yeah. if you're trying to get like. 100% at this point and you're like 98 then you you think you're not, you're not good enough. Yeah. So you don't apply or you don't ask for this wage raise or yeah. Do you think it might have to do with the way you were raised? Like do you think do you think girls are generally brought up differently than boys? Or is that something we can't really generalize? <laughs> I think we're just really different generally. So like Interesting. Um we're maybe a little more quiet so when uh we're in the, we're in a mixed room. Introspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to like listen Maybe a little more. I'm not saying that guys don't listen, but generally... Some of them don't. It's, it, I think yeah, it's fair to say. <laughs> I, I feel when you're in a class, like, the, the loud voices are not... Sometimes it's, like, I'm, sometimes it's women's voices. I saw them, and I was just like, wow, good job. And sometimes I'm one of them. Yeah. I, I can be one of them as well when sure. it's something that I really care about. But uh, I was in a class, in that social entrepreneurship class, and... The first class that we got there, the prof was, was asking questions, and that was only, like, male a student raising their hand, and she just stopped, and she was like, girls, you're feeding into your bad behaviors right now. Like, no one is raising their hands. I just want you to know. That's so interesting that it was addressed. Yeah. And, 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 and it was she a addressed it like, Yeah. Oh, that's She addressed <laughs> it, like, a lot, lot of time, and every time, um, yeah, let's say that was just men raising their hand, then she would just stop everyone. She was like, I'm not taking any more answer until, like, your woman <laughs> raise, raises her hand. That's so funny. And even, like, we had this, um, we needed to present herself with, um, first thing, like, saying her name, what program we are, and a social issue we really care about. And two-thirds of women, like, that was about uh, women's rights, uh, women's confidence, or stuff like that. So she stopped the class again. She was like, guys, I just want you, like, to see that, like, most of your women colleagues, like, they don't feel confident about their position or, or they feel that they should be a little higher or, or like, they care about women's rights and something like that. So she, she just wanted to everyone to be aware of the same thing. Yeah. 
And yeah, that was like interesting to see. Yeah, that is interesting. Because so, this prof was really like just every time there was something, she was stop the class. She's super in tune. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I've never and had a teacher that's like that. And that's a little fault. Like if I don't raise my hand because I just want to like withdraw my, like don't be in that class or like do as if I was not there today, then I'm feeding into those behaviors. Like yeah. I'm feeding into that also. Yeah, so. Sure. so I'm curious, uh, the book talks a lot about these, they go to high performing <laughs> women, like Sorry. WNBA players and professional yeah. athletes. And so I'm curious, like who are some, who's like your biggest female athlete idol? The person that you look up to in this kind of, in this sphere? That's funny. I don't have any. <laughs> I was asked this question when I registered for the trial for the national team last year. <laughs> And that was this one player that sh- that is still on the national team, um, Perrin. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a middle player. She played at uh, Trinity Western, uh, very tall, but like, and she she had it rough for the first couple of years at the national team, but she's starting to play more and more. And yeah, she just has like a great shoulder, like very good block, and she has a really good like agility on the court. So you're telling me that you got to practice with your idol, basically. I would not say idol. I think she's right, an but some, amazing... Right, someone you idolize. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say she's, like, she's still young, so I think I can relate to her. Right. She's just, like, I think so it's what was her that third exper- year. So what was that experience like, playing with someone you idolize? Um, that was a lot of pressure. Yeah, I can a lot, imagine. A lot of pressure. I feel like I went there for the um, Fichu tryout, and that was at the same time as the senior tryout. And I realized the third day when they split the court between the one that was still good to be on the senior team and the one that they cut already I was on this side um I kind of lost the focus so I was yeah. really upset yeah, I can and everyone was but then I woke up on Thursday and I was like wait wait you were not here for the senior team like it's your first tryout national tryout ever and I, I woke up Thursday and I was just like okay go for Fichu go for Fichu and then finally had an amazing day an amazing practice on Friday morning yeah. and got the call like two yeah. weeks later but that was like a lot of pressure, and I feel that made me lose the focus. Yeah. Like I think wanting to just like reach our level and everything. I think it's totally natural. That's like if yeah. I was playing basketball with LeBron James, you don't think like I'd I'd be <laughs> like, oh my god, LeBron just passed me the ball. Like this is crazy. <laughs> Why you hold it? I don't want it. Like I feel I feel like that's a totally normal emotion. Um, as you know, as we're starting to wrap up a little bit, what you know after reading this book and having this conversation, what message would you like to pass along to? many girls out there that thrive in athletics but perhaps, you know, lack the self-confidence? Um, I heard a lot of times people saying fake it until you make it. Mm. And I'm going to say that I don't believe in that sentence at all. Interesting. Because to, um, to become more confident, you need to practice. And practice doesn't come by just telling yourself, like, very good words or anything. It's just, like... If you want to do something, then get out there. Like, if you want to get better at public speaking, go out there. And same thing, uh, for three years, um, I was invited to, na- to the national team tryouts, and I was just doing nightmares, like, having nightmares about it. And I just, like, three years in a row didn't go because mm-hmm. I was just scared of fail and everything. And finally, I ended up going last year. And, well, that was a lot less so worse than I thought. Yeah. yeah. I think it worked out. And this year, like, I'm just trying to build that confidence, and I'm... I feel that I have my, my spot at this tryout. Like, I'm feeling really confident, just trying, like, training a lot for it. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to this tryout. I knew it six months in advance. Like, I knew I was doing it. Yeah. And it's just about, like, making the decision and just going for it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when 
I'm struggling or feeling like things are not going my way, the, the only solution for me, like just mentally, is to just keep doing it. Like yeah. if I feel like I can't make a shot, I'm going in and shooting like 100 times, yeah. 200 times, 500 times, just so I get the feeling of the ball going through the net. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's almost like, it's almost an edge. I don't know if it's the same for you in volleyball because I don't, I don't really know how to parallel it. But knowing that I've, like knowing that I got into the gym outside of practice time and got that those extra reps mm-hmm. that nobody else got oh, makes yeah. me feel like I have that mental advantage over it's people. Like, like trust, I was, I was willing done. to do the things that other people weren't. And that yeah. makes, that kind of like calms me down. Yeah. I don't know if that's the same for you. Yeah. Well, you just need to trust like that you've practiced for it. Mm-hmm. Like trust that you've studied for that exam, for that exam. And also another thing I would say is just the way you talk to yourself mm-hmm. is very important and make a huge difference. So, for example, what what do you I mean? don't know. Like half of the time, I'm like, "Oh my god, you're so stupid," and I'm like, well, <laughs> "You got to stop telling yourself this shit because yeah. you're gonna believe it." Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah, things like that. So like, just being kind to yourself and yeah. like being patient with yourself, and yeah, I would say that would be. Those those are some great things. Thank yeah. you for coming on to my podcast. I hope you had a great time. No worries. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is brought to you by The Bull and Bear. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find all episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Varsity Voice is produced by Zach Lannis and Mairead Shaw. Until next time, support McGill Athletics.